Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up? Welcome back to Season 3 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. And with me, I got my core team with me today. <laughs> that was a no. We are with you. That sentence was real better. The way I it. Uh, my co-host today, I got Matthew Aguilar, as always. What's up, everybody? Janelle Wheeler's over there. Hey, guys. <laughs> and back for another second round knockout. And also because we could not fill this spot, Mr. Jim Viscardi. Wow. Wow. No, wow, he was our first Kofi. choice. Yes, wow. yes, he was. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I even Jimmy. put myself out there as a volunteer. I said, if you need me, I will be there for you. <laughs> I volunteer to support you. you. I'll be there for right. you. There you go, Matt. The yeah, I get. You're welcome. Well, we had Jim because our video game team is busy, and so he's going to come in and weigh in with some fight expertise, some game expertise, as we get into the first look preview of the new Mortal Kombat movie. Now, you guys know it's a proud tradition on this podcast that we always drop episodes right before big things happen, so uh, (laughs) Mortal Kombat has a trailer coming out, so today... We're going to tell you about the first look, the teases that we've seen, the new character posters, and I'm going to play out my own future trailer reaction for tomorrow, just so you guys can uh, can have that. <laughs> In addition to all of that, we are going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer as well. That dropped. We got to get into everything we've seen from that, everything we've learned since that came out. We also got a new trailer for Disney's Cruella that we're going to briefly talk about. And, of course, we got to get into those WandaVision theories once again. Now that we've seen episode six, we got to see where we are on this rabbit hole of uh, Marvel theories. Plus, new comics, because this is the Comic Book Nation podcast. So we're going to talk about some new DC Future State comics. What's going on with Batman, Catwoman? And over on the Marvel side, a crazy new throwback X-Men series. (laughs) And (laughs) the latest in Venom in Black. So we got a lot to talk about. about. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. (laughs) All right, let's start at the top with Zack Snyder Justice League. So, yay, Matt! Wow, just <laughs> wow! It is going to be well, it's going to be a long. This is already March. so spicy of an episode. Yeah, and you, it's going to be a long next month. But here we go. I don't understand where that trailer was fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah, let's just get into it. So the new trailer dropped, the full trailer, um, after many, many teases for a week leading up to it. And uh, yeah, we got to see what Zack Snyder's full vision of this Justice League movie coming to HBO Max looks like. We got some key scenes. We got to see Darkseid and 
Granny Goodness and decide we got to see Jared Leto's Joker finally in a full scene with Ben Affleck's Batman. And we basically got to see how different this movie really does look from the theatrical version that we got. So let's start with Matt since he's keeping his spicy over there. I wasn't trying to do that. I know, I but I'm just curious. You're like, you're still not moved by all this um, not yet? It's a, it, you know what? This is the, uh, what I will say is this was the coolest thing about this whole deal that I've seen so far. Like this was actually had the most new stuff in it. This had the most, you know, just like, like, Oh, Hey, it's not just a, some extra things thrown on. Right. This, this felt like a complete product. What I, and, and what I will say though, is that way back when we first started talking about this, I one of the things I said, I don't remember if it was a quote. I'm sure someone can dig up <laughs> that episode quote. Um, but like I I was like, it's great that it's here. Now let's see if we like any of the things that were like dropped and that didn't make it to the screen or to the part two or whatever. Because it's all coming doesn't mean I'm going to like it. It just means that, oh hey, we finally get to see it. And when I'm looking at Dark Side who looks like Goro, if we're going to really talk about Mortal Kombat. Wow, <laughs> Goro's awesome, though. If, if we're going to talk about why, like, Granny, like, all the things that are in here and the cool little, like, Easter eggs don't do it for me anymore, okay? Like, that's just the thing. Easter eggs and, like, oh, hey, that person's a thing in a film doesn't do it for me anymore. Well, we've Matt, I got, the point, I got a, we've I got got a bad to reality point, to tell you about this Snyder Cut thing. We've gotten well, to the point where it's got to be I, I don't care just about a wink and a nod anymore. So the fact that I'm seeing all these characters. Got some really time, bad news for you. Black That's suit all this Superman. Is. Black suit Superman. Great. He's blending like nine stories into a four hour opus. I'm good. It looks fine. It, it I looks think, fine. <laughs> but I think, so I think the, the problem, especially with the Snyder cut, and I wrong. I love this trailer and it is, if so this was the trail, if this was the trailer for the movie that we were going to get, and you see things like Granny Goodness and the Black Suit Superman, and to know where that can go is what makes moments like that exciting. Now, I think being able to see some of that stuff still is pretty exciting. My concern is, is, is that all? Right, like, did he matter, just though. did he just show did he just show all of it? And so, like, there's oh no reason God. to get excited. To, to cold stuff. As Cody oh, has yeah. said, it's the cul-de-sac <laughs> cut <laughs> of this thing. It doesn't matter. Jared Leto popping up as Joker, which, by the way, that was that was cool. Even though it like took a meme and made it re- like, oh my God, like there's so many like self-referential <laughs> things in here. But I I still like that part. I was like, hey, that that's that's cool. Uh, you know, I, it just doesn't, from all the things we've heard about and everything, it just to cut it here. Cause I don't want to get into Kofi cause I don't want to just be negative this whole time. I will say that like, it just didn't do anything to really like sell me on why I should really give this my time. It was cool for the, however minute, two minute lasted. Cool. I've seen all I need to see. I'm really okay. Now, what I will say is that Anissa who did not make it through the original justice league, we actually tried to watch it and like 45 minutes in, she went, okay, this is boring. And like, was like, I'm done. The trailer got her hyped to watch 
this. I described it to her. I gave her kind of the info, the not biased info of like, hey, look, here's what this is. And she was like, oh, I'm excited for that. So I, I look, I might not just be its audience, which is fine. But for me, it just it just doesn't do anything for me. I relate. I relate to her because personally, obviously, this movie, I've watched it once. Justice League, I watched one time in the theater, was not excited about it. And because of all of this Marvel content coming out, because we have all these shows to look forward to. And there's and I've been really heavily getting into comic books. You guys know this. This is because of you guys. I, I have not been excited about this at all. I've It's been there and I know I'm going to watch it. I have to. I mean, we're on this podcast but (laughs) i wasn't like totally pumped about it i was more okay cool it's something to watch more content you guys know my motto after seeing this trailer i finally felt the hype i finally got it. it like i've seen all these other teasers and i was mildly entertained this trailer actually had me pumped now i wasn't standing up screaming at my screen but i was very excited about it and that's with someone who doesn't know dark side who doesn't know granny like had to go you know look all that stuff up um but just the core story of it looks so much better than the original that i am pumped i am actually really excited about it so i'm kind of like in between it looks like a totally different movie does i will give a shout out real quick to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Zubby McDaddy who said uh, remember when Thanos looked like 50 Shades of Grimace as a great as a great comment <laughs> yeah, uh, as, uh, too. as much fun as this is I obviously picked the wrong panel for this so I'm going to step in and like actually weight this down for the whole fans that you know made this happen and I am excited hard. though I promise yeah, yeah yeah you guys enthusiasm is really infectious but uh you know <laughs> taking a step further but more like, joker yeah um no I am gonna stick up and say yeah I think we should all go into this understanding as I think a lot of the fans who fought for this do understand I mean it's gonna be the interesting part of this whole little experiment is what happens after this is out but this is fan service like this is purely a fan service project which is it's the only reason this exists so my fan service project delivering me fan service in this trailer wasn't like upsetting to me. I mean, it, it is all Easter eggs. If that's not your kind of appetizer meal you want to eat, like I, I get it. But um, I rewatched Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition recently, just in pre- preparation for all this. And yeah, I, I gotta say, I side with fans. I think those movies especially man of steel has just keeps aging, gets better and better with age and kind of proves itself with age. When you remove all the internet crap that was surrounding it and all the crap about the times, I guess we were still close to nine 11 for that, for people's comfort. Now it's 2021. Oh, yeah. We're far it's enough removed. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we can look at the film on its yeah. own. And after seeing Zach's vision in man of steel and Batman V Superman, the ultimate edition, I very much want this. And like, yeah, I want to see this Justice League and I want to be able to go through the years going forward to rewatch the actual films that Snyder was trying to put together and, and put out. Because like I said, I get more rewards out of them over time and I, I never want to see this theatrical cut of Justice League ever stand <laughs> at the end of that vision. So I'm excited as somebody who really does follow the canon Snyder that Snyder was building um, and those cuts of those films I do really want this and I think it is going to bring a level of just kind of completion and it's like a breakup where you just got to go back and talk to the person and have that conversation, <laughs> right? Like we're going to, this is a breakup, 
But uh, yeah, we gotta just put this to bed the right way. And but I like what this you looks said. like closure. But yeah, I like what you said as far as look. I don't have an issue with fan service. We geek about stuff with fan service in it all the time. The the difference is as a fan, you wanted this. I did not care one bit. And by the way, I'm not the only one. Oh no, there's a, no, there's no, a there's large no, contingent of fans out there no, who are fans yeah. of. DC and the characters that just don't care. They didn't like it anyway. <laughs> they didn't like it no, over the course of three the majority movies. of people were never going to give this a chance, but yes. that's yeah. not what this was about. This was about the contingent of very passionate fans who yes. fought and battled for this and kind of won the day. Awesome. Yeah. We're never going to please everybody with this. I'm just but preparing for I'm the saying, there's nothing stress wrong headache of inflections with, of people. Yes. Well, there there's is something wrong, wrong with those. There is something wrong. And it's no, wrong with not. this entire year of movies that WB is doing. It's this large democratization of movie watching. And we've discussed this like before you had to actually have a level of interest to go out to a theater, pay money and go yep. see these things. We are about to have this situation where Snyder cut comes out and there's going to be a lot, and I'm just using you as an example, Matt. I'm not faulting you, but there's going to be a lot of people who say something similar along the lines of, I don't really care about this, but as soon as it comes out, they're going to be the first ones on Twitter just dumping their their opinions about it all over the place. And yeah. Right. But what does that have to do with the democracy? Like, what does because have to do if with this was in theaters, those people would probably not pay to go out and see Justice League to offer their opinion on the Snyder Cut. Nah, now they're know. just going to be splashing their opinions on it, even though they were never going to embrace it okay. all over but, the internet. So that, but that raises that raises a question, though. Let's say because because I'm also seeing too just amongst you know my circle of friends that are kind of outside of the the geek space that trailer got people got enough mm-hmm. people who like superhero movies yep. excited to just see another superhero movie that my got parents Batman are in excited it. about it they're excited yeah. to see a, another yeah. movie that's got Batman in it and um but does the success of this. If it is, incre- it will be successful regardless. I think there are, you know, the people will show up, they will watch it, but I think it's the, it's the, will this get, lar- will this have larger success? And, you know, I know obviously there's the comment that it's a, you know, creative cul-de-sac or whatever the hell you want to call it. But if it's super successful, they cannot ignore that. Uh, right? They can't yeah, just let it said, in there. Ain't gonna be no Justice League two. We know <laughs> well, that, right? I mean, I they know like they've said it. that. Yeah, but like, you never know. To be fair, they never are say they never. Able, are they able, like? Do they spin it as just an Elseworlds thing? Like, it's not like they call it something else. We. Have, I can't imagine if this thing does record numbers, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, we're done. We'll stop here." No, there's always a way to pull up the, as a person who kind of pioneered this saying, there is always the dump truck full of money, proverbially sure. going by the door, <laughs> which is right. where I started talking about that with Christian Bale and bringing him back. But I think yeah, I mean, behind the scenes, as people have pointed out in the comments, there is still a lot of shadiness around this whole thing, this whole incident yeah. about what happened to this movie, what happened with Zack and Warner Brothers, who was involved in that, the kind of bad blood, the investigations, like all of that. If I were Zack Snyder at this point, I would just want to put a cap on this and get the hell out of here and go do something else. Like, you got Army of the Dead. He is. You got He's a telling Netflix. a King Arthur yeah. tale. Yeah, and it's just like, there you go. The most, you are such a cynical about the most accurate you, King Arthur. Matt, are you not? Are you not even? Dude, you saw Guy Ritchie's like. You saw I, Guy Ritchie's. I hated Arthur, Guy right? Ritchie's. I hated yeah. Guy Ritchie. I love. <laughs> I didn't Bernard. know you. I didn't like Guy Ritchie's either. 
Are you not remotely interested for Army of the Dead? No. <laughs> uh, you are a crazy person. Now that, no, right. though, what I will say on that, that actually has nothing to do with Snyder. That's not really a... I, am I like a horror guy? guy? I'm not really a yeah, big horror really. or zombie guy, really, aside from Resident Evil. It's kind of the one thing that kind of sticks out there, but I'm not really that. So that really hasn't anything to do with Snyder. Mm-hmm. How dare um, you? Yeah. Wow. You're quite peppery today. All right. So that's Zack <laughs> Snyder's He asked, this, he asked a question. Great. I gave him an honest answer. I'm not faulting your answer. So <laughs> also, before we move on from DC, we also have the news of this Constantine project or rumor rather that there's going to be a new Constantine project coming out and they are kind of looking to possibly recast the ca- the character of Constantine with somebody who's kind of more of a Riz Ahmed and I don't know what the hell is going on with Hollywood and Riz Ahmed like why is Riz Ahmed everybody's like freaking blueprint because they keep saying that everybody keeps saying well we're looking for like a Riz Ahmed type and it's like so I didn't just, know that was a thing and it happened multiple times. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I've, seen, I've seen it. It's, hap- it's come it's up happened. in a few yeah. casting grids. Uh, yeah, like in the last year or so. So, yeah, it's it's weird. But anyway, this is uh, a whole thing. So they're looking to do a new Constantine project uh, on HBO Max, a new series. But they're looking to possibly reportedly recast the character as a person of color. Um someone like Riz Ahmed. Um, yeah. Hey, look, I, I love Matt Ryan's portrayal of Constantine, but like i'm okay with an with a new one like if it's you know right like we've had two already why not you know just throw a third i think it's if the if they're gonna get the right actor for it that's all i mean honestly for me that that matters i don't know if there's like constantine's it can be a fun character and that's that's really it I don't know. I mean, you'd think I'd be the one to stand up for this as like a diversity hire, but uh, I, but I don't even think I'm it's really, I don't even think it's that. I'm not really into this. I just don't even want to deal with the level of crap that this is going to probably invite. Like, yeah. like I don't feel like the UK fans are going to be super cool about this. I don't feel like the DC fans are going to be super cool about this. I'm I'm searching for the like small circle of people who are like, oh yeah, I'm super cool about this, but like, <laughs> I just don't see it coming. Like, it just seems yeah. like we're going to get like a whole bunch of just crap out of this i don't know <laughs> matt say something positive well, yeah, i was given such grief <laughs> for being free after that uh what i will say is um man i'm kind of i'm kind of actually in between you guys because i i i love matt ryan's constantine like that's I I've loved it in every form. <laughs> I don't like I, I I really identify the character, even though Keanu did it first and all that. I I identify the character with him. Like he's just yeah. such a perfect fit. Do you really? Yeah, I, I just do. Like again, we don't. It's not like we have a. T- I mean, big me sample too. size. Yeah. But we, I think you're <laughs> underestimating the love of the Keanu film. It has grown. That is, those Keanu. are rose. Those are rose tinted glasses of nostalgia, my friend. No, no they're not. I love him. What are you talking about? What are you Keanu talking about? Or, Francis right. Lawrence is a great director. Keanu is good. Rachel Weiss is an awesome actress. I will Hilda always Swinton, back her in every uh, movie. Uh, <laughs> Peter Stormare. Is amazing. Peter Stormare is one of the greatest devil characters ever. Like, uh, I mean, Constantine was just. That it movie was is a time talent. capsule. And oh man! <laughs> Who knew the spice would wow. come from? Yeah, I didn't know where the spice was coming from. <laughs> wow! I would set aside a whole episode just to fight about Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> but because I, because I, so I enjoy his version of the character. So I am bummed that like now he's going to have the platform, the character, and now he's like, no, no, we're good. 
we're we're done. We're gonna go get somebody else. So that sucks to me. Um, but I mean, as far as like you know color, like I don't care. Like whoever, like I I want the best person for yeah. the part. And so if it happens to be you know not Matt Ryan and for whatever JJ's vision is, okay. Like it that sucks to me, but I understand. Yeah. All right. That's Constantine. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to get into this Mortal Kombat business, Disney's Cruella trailer, our WandaVision theory, and comics, and we're going to all make this fit in time. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, we are back, and now we are going to be talking about the new Mortal Kombat movie. We got our first look right before kind of coming in the studio to record today, and uh, basically what we saw are the new character posters that have been released before, and a new synopsis, which will all be released before the trailer drops tomorrow. So, guys, what did you think? Jim, we brought you on to be our uh, video game expertise, Mr. (laughs) Expert Guy. So uh, why don't you uh, flex that muscle and tell us, what did you think of these Mortal Kombat posters? Look, I think they I think they looked really, really good. I it's it's a I have a soft spot, right? Okay, so I just ragged on you guys for uh, for liking Constantine. But I had uh, I have a soft spot for that Mortal Kombat movie. I I just I love it. And so the idea of them do revisiting Mortal Kombat, I think initially is one of those things where everyone's like, oh, really? But, you know, just given what what we what we've known, what we've seen, how far filmmaking has come since that first movie, like I am. I want to be so optimistic uh, about this. And I think these posters are a great first step in helping kind of just, you know, establish the the tone and the look and the feel of the movie. We did get like first look screenshots uh, a while back that, that all look awesome. But I mean, look, Scorpion and Sub-Zero look great. Sonya Blade, Liu Kang, uh, all, all look awesome. Raiden looks great. Uh, Jax looks awesome. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's a thing where they, they've established the look. And if Warner Brothers does not give us a red band trailer tomorrow, I'm going to be real upset. Yeah, that will be very disappointing <laughs> if they don't. If they don't. Yeah, you got to show the fatality. Yeah, if anything, or at least I, I hope they give us they give us two, right? Like they give us the green band trailer. But if they don't give us a red band trailer, I we know the movie is rated R, but I think not coming out with the uh, red band and at least showing. Look, this is a franchise that has built its entire 
reputation on being hyper violent, gory, and uh, and and all of that, right? So you they've got to they've got to give those fans something because they, there is a diehard fan base for Mortal Kombat. That's what they want. You need to give them a taste, especially since the movie's coming out in the beginning of April. So it was only a month. You know, it's not like we have these long theatrical windows anymore, right? Where you get your first trailer and then you get your second trailer and then you get your story trailer and then boom, 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 all the TV spots hit. We only have four to six weeks to get the Mortal Kombat promo in. I guess that's my biggest thing about this is that it feels like an incredibly like slow rollout. Like I would have expected these to hit. A month ago, like, I, I, you know, I, like, well, I mean, look, that's because they didn't know if this was going to be in theaters a month ago or not. Yeah, I understand why. I'm just saying, yeah, like, we got to let go of all that. Weird. Games don't change. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. feels very weird um, yeah. to you know not have like it's all happening in very like we just got those first pieces, like those gifts and like first pieces of footage, you know, like what two weeks ago. Yeah, really. So um, yeah, so far a lot of the characters look cool. Like um, you know, Kano looks a little. Looks a little yeah. odd. Yo, I will not. I, I will not me. tolerate that Kano slander. Looks a little odd. Looks a little odd. However, what I will say, Melina actually looks cool. Melina looks great. Yeah, Melina looks really good because that again, that's that's one that can you can so easily screw up, and oh. uh, they they did well. Um, so yeah, and Ludi Lin, my boy, Ludi Lin, it looks great. So I'm, I'm excited for that. It looks good. Yeah, my favorite. This is. <laughs> You guys are going to make fun of me. This is honestly one of my top five favorite movies uh, as a kid growing up. I swear. Um, I fell in love with the movie before I even played the video game. Nice. So I, it's a lot to live up to for me. Um, like I can literally quote the whole movie. I saw it five times in the theater as a kid. And four of those times were in the dollar theater. But I did uh, like a dance routine and a talent show to the soundtrack. So they better have a amazing soundtrack because mm -hmm. that is that is the lifeblood yeah. of that original movie is that soundtrack. It's so good. Uh, Scorpion is my favorite. I wanted to ask you guys who which one is your favorite, I guess, growing up, like who is your favorite character to play with? And then who do you think looks the best out of the posters that they've showed mine is honestly scorpion both <laughs> nice jim i mean scorpion so, sub-zero sub-zero for both really for me man yeah. Uh, yeah i mean this franchise we know who the who the mascots are favorite <laughs> to uh okay, so favorite to my favorite character is katana oh favorite, yeah uh character to play as um oh man that's hard that's actually hard for me uh mine was sindel to play with she I'll say like shrieking. Jade nice. and Sub Zero probably, but yes. bounce between those because Jade had the staff and like the staff is so good at range. <laughs> it's great. Nice for like Donatello. So yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. That, those are mine. Well, and there and there are still characters that we believe are in this movie that that you know we have not necessarily seen yet, right? Like I think uh, Natara uh, we haven't necessarily seen yet. We know Cabal uh, is in the movie. There are rumors that Reptile uh, is. Uh, is in the movie as well. So there's still a lot to be shown for this. I'm excited. I think, I, I think it's going to be great. And I would have loved to have seen this in the theater, but it's, it's really, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. All right. Now, just because we're putting this out right before the trailer drops. Now I'm going to give you guys a preview of the future and my initial trailer reaction. So after seeing <laughs> the Mortal Kombat trailer in the future, I got to say the action looks good. The production looks good. The costumes look good. I'm wondering about the story angle and how much time we get to spend in Outworld and, uh, and Otherworld and Outworld, whatever it's called in this one. But uh, otherwise, 
I think it's going to be a solid pick for HBO Max. Looks like the video game curse could be broken. Yeah. Oh, that is a bold claim, Kofi. You heard it here first. Well, I live in the future, Jim. I fear nothing. Well, <laughs> to be fair, Sonic broke Sonic broke the video game curse, but we're you know that's also moving right very, along. After a very lengthy uh, thread in the gaming chat, it seems uh, some think the text Pikachu broke it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we'll we'll see. I guess the the curse is uh, different all around. <laughs> Look, I love Detective Pikachu. That movie did not break. I mean, it didn't break. It didn't. It's not that it didn't. It was didn't succumb to the Sonic curse. Sonic was didn't good. Break it. But yeah, Sonic was great. Sonic yeah. made a ton of money. Doom, Doom broke it. Stop. Okay, let Kofi continue. <laughs> ridiculous show today. All right, moving right along. Disney's Cruella trailer. Matt, you. I mean. I'm betting you could say something positive here because you are our Disney guy. So what did you think of the Cruella trailer? I loved it. There See? we go. There it is. All right. Yeah. I, I, Good. I was wondering like, who that trailer was for, and yeah, I guess now I know. It was for me. <laughs> and no, Charlie Ridge, or who, I think Jamie said it. No, Jamie, it's not. They didn't turn Cruella into Harley Quinn. It, no, 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 you're right. It's Disney's. You're right. It's Disney's Joker. Oh no! I was um, going to say this is kind of the uh, fantabulous emancipation of one Cruella Duvel is what I saw. <laughs> I got this, but like, this is one I care about. <laughs> I mean, I down to the Joker. burning building. I care about Joker. Hey, so. since, since, based on the conversation before this show, let me just remind all of you fun people that this lady murders dogs for a living. Yeah, 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 that's. I was gonna ask you guys about that. Is are they still gonna like murder dogs? They better I mean, address that. that. Uh, no, but I wrote it in my notes. I said, well, they still show that she butchers dogs. Well, like, here's the thing: it's her, it's her origin story. So who yeah. knows? Really, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's gonna have that. They do obviously are going to tease it a lot throughout. We even right. saw it in the trailer. Dogs hate her. She's looking at dogs. Like there is gonna be the like connotation there, but I don't. I don't Look, think they're actually from the, going from to. the very beginning. This was a weird, like I get it. Right. Because they obviously they made money with Mel, uh, Maleficent and they want to, you know, go down this road of, you know, spotlighting the Disney villains and whatever. Cruella is just one that just hits a little too close to home for it to be yeah. like, uh, you know, just well, I, 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 look, Emma Stone looks great. She looks great in it. Uh, and I think the, you know, like the production of it actually looks really good. Uh, I, just, I have no well. idea what we're getting into story wise. I, I think we're getting into a story that is a proud proclamation for everybody who's not like a weird dog simp. I think this will be good for it. Oh, jeez! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> people, <laughs> people who aren't like weird dog simps have had. Yeah, I love my years. dog. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. People who don't love dogs as much, this will be a great movie for us. You know, I'm just it's kidding. It's just I such love an dogs. interesting villain to choose that's to just, highlight. It so just cool. isn't what what wouldn't be my first choice. Is it's just kind of a standard movie, but at the very last scene, there's this kind of controversial sequence where she gets bit by a Dalmatian at the very end and uh, she beats it to death in an alleyway. Cool. Yeah. And Disney's kind of having trouble kind of doing the scene with the bottle and the blood and the dog beating. And it's like very controversial. Wow. Mm. I'm just kidding. I made that last part. Up. <laughs> you should have seen the look on my face. If you were I have, that was the we best part. Like, yeah. I know. Okay. Not that scene. I, I don't want that scene. Uh, no. That scene of this movie. I, I am excited for this one because Emma Stone is great in just about everything. So I will mm -hmm. always give her the benefit of the doubt in a movie. Yep. I also, Same. I enjoy, like I enjoy Maleficent. Like I'm one of its, 
defenders. Okay, I know there's like five of us, but I'm one of the defenders. I like those movies. So I enjoy when they explore things with villains who don't get a ton of you know screen time other than just being super villainy and nah, we're ruling the world. So I, I like this. I, I am down for a, a Joker ish take yeah I'm that's kinda, that it has that vibe i can't i mean i can't deny i'm it. down with it well, i'm with zuby mcdaddy in the comments i'm down with it if cruella gets a moment to say we live in a society <laughs> okay. oh, no, no. all right <laughs> moving on <laughs> all right moving right along from cruella to wandavision let's talk wandavision so we're coming into wandavision, WandaVision. we just seen episode six and all new halloween spooktacular we're getting ready for episode seven um a lot of stuff happened in episode six we're not going to go back through all of a recap we have the uh phase zero podcast with brandon davis and jim and jamie Girac every friday for those instant wandavision recaps go listen to that they break down a whole lot of great stuff um, we're going to talk about theories after episode six, where everybody is going into episode seven on a variety of topics. So let's just get into it. Uh, how did you guys, we left off talking about Pietro, Quicksilver, Evan Peters. Uh, this was the first episode where we got to see him in this kind of 90s sitcom, Malcolm in the middle and Malcolm in the middle is a 90s sitcom just for the record. It came out in 2000, but the time period, obviously it couldn't talk to you about the 2000s since they were just unfolding. So it's talking about the nineties. So it's a mm-hmm. 90s sitcom. All right, so we got the Malcolm in the Middle thing and got Evan Peters, Quicksilver. What did you guys think? Was he a little too on the nose devilish for you? Are you into these Mephisto theories? What are you guys thinking? I keep leaning more onto into Nightmare than than Mephisto, I think, mm. at this point. Um, but I will say, you know, the thing that um, I didn't notice until uh, Chris Killian uh, hosted Daily Distraction every day on Instagram uh, – pointed out was with the the commercial uh, where the shark you know obviously oh, yeah. it, it is kind of already has like the quicksilver ish colors and uh makes the comment you know like hey there little dude and then immediately after that evan peters is also like hey there little dude um or like right on little dude or something like that mm-hmm. that like i think you know get is clearly too coincidental for it not to be well uh, yeah let's talk about the commercial because that one threw a lot of people and that was that one, one, of the that one was dark that one like threw a lot of people, and i had to kind of break that down first in the middle of the night and i was, had a whole clipboard full of theories but basically what we see in that yo magic commercial is the proverbial faustian bargain right if you don't know what a right. faustian bargain is it's a bargain with a devil or a devilish figure that you make where they give you something you think you want while taking something really important away from you. Um, what was it we were just talking about that they just kind of went through this whole thing and did this? Uh, anyway, I don't remember. But you give something <laughs> like really important, but you lose something very cru- Oh, it was Wonder Woman 1984, right. That was oh, okay, I, yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman 1984 was the whole same thing. It's a Faustian bargain. You get back uh, you know, Steve Trevor, but you lose the power and the things that make you this exceptional person that really are the necessity of what you are. So that's what a Faustian bargain is. So the commercial shows a boy, oh, he's on an island, and he says he's so hungry, he'll eat anything. And that's the kind of key tip-off, because it's a Faustian bargain usually comes at a point where somebody says, kind of loses all restrictions and moral code and everything, and says, I'm so desperate, I'll do anything, and the devil appears like, ah, yes, you know, you know, whatever. The key to the kind of shark thing was that the, yog- the yogurt's called Yo Magic, but it I mean, for everybody who doesn't speak 90s Ebonics, that is literally like your. your. <laughs> and he basically tells her that he used to be kind of powerless until he found some magic to snack on. 
And she asks, can I have some? And he gives her this thing that seemingly looks like it's going to be this great power up, this thing. But she can't. the kid can't access it. And he keeps trying and trying and trying. And as the days go on, and he withers away and dies. But the shark tells him that basically I'm feeding off this. Now that I'm eating this, I have time to do whatever I want. And I don't have to be wherever he was, trapped or done doing whatever before. And it seems like this commercial is the first time that we are actually seeing what's happening in present action to Wanda. Mm-hmm. That something in her grief made her kind of reach out and say, hey, I would do anything to do, you know, get out of this. And the question is, who appeared to answer that call and, and to do that? And I think that's commercial. And the reason why it's claymation and so far from live action is to, you know, layer up the secrecy so people don't make the connection that this is recent events. This is something that happened right. metaphorically to Wanda recently. Um, and going with Adam Barnhart, our own Adam Barnhart's theory that these commercials are all connected to the Infinity Stones, this to me was the Soul Stone. The Soul mm-hmm. Stone is a Faustian bargain, is what we learned yep. in Infinity War. You can only get it and access its power if you are willing to give up this thing that's most important to you. And mm-hmm. Thanos uses it at the end in that last scene in Infinity War. He says, you know, Gamora's little soul thing says, what did it cost? And he says, everything. You know, he had yep. to give up everything. So, my takeaway is that's what's happening to Wanda, and we have not learned, and they have, I mean, the commercials are first hint, that there is a mortal threat to Wanda happening at this time. That while she's spending the days in Westview doing all this, something is feeding on her power, and it's eventually going to be harmful to her. Yeah. Or is being harmful to her, even though she doesn't recognize it right now. So that was my takeaway of the commercial. It's a really good point. Do you think it's connected to the fact that she is seemingly losing control or like in the fact that like, you know, they show when vision is going to the outer edges of the neighborhood, people weren't moving or there was, you know, the glitch or whatever is that, uh, do we think that's a result of her maybe losing her, you know, her hold on that stuff because whatever this thing is, is, is feeding on her, her magic energy or is that, I think the Probably magic the magic itself is the thing, right? Yeah. We haven't defined mm-hmm. what that is, but that's the kind of MacGuffin here. And I think at the beginning of the show, she I think it's just a it's like a power transfer, right? So like if you got two bodies next to each other, it says one's at zero, one's full of gas, right? And mm-hmm. one sticks a hose in the other and starts sucking out, you know, the gas. And it's like, what percentage are we transferring? And I think as the show goes on, Wanda's losing more and more control because something is taking more and more of the power and and is in control of it. Absolutely. She is not. And that's because, just my theory. Because you're, because I agree with you. Um, because you're talking, though, about, because all the hints have not been of the typical bargain, which is, yes, that commercial had like Soul Stone, right? It has that theme. But I don't think that if we were talking about Mephisto, we'd be talking about her soul. Because that is essentially what Mephisto ultimately wants is damnation for everything <laughs> to rule it all and then your soul yeah. for this the things especially like there's like nightmare pops up twice in the episode like that that word pops up numerous mm-hmm. times right um because of that i think it's more leaning towards nightmare as mm-hmm. the bargain is your magic for what you want you essentially feed me and they're gonna kind of spin that character a little bit of a different way um especially and i have to be careful here (laughs) especially when like uh you start working like agatha in 
to the mix and stuff like that. I, I think mm-hmm. there's, I think it leans towards Nightmare, which also makes more sense because um, you can still tease Mephisto because night, you know what I mean? Nightmares mm-hmm. yeah, evolve, you're, you're teasing all yep. these things, but it can be the more Thanos like far out threat and, and Nightmare Overall. threat that leads into Doctor Strange 2. That's cool. Because we know that Scarlet Witch is going to be a part of that and like that, that these are going to be connected in some way, right? So I, I think Nightmare is the better option. Also, just happy for Nightmare if that's the case because like Nightmare doesn't get a ton of shine. <laughs> so he's going to get a platform. Is nice. I also question, based on the commercial with the shark, whether the Soul Stone wasn't always housing this kind of either a, a presence or a doorway to something else. Yeah. That it yeah. was just a conduit for this in between and that's why it had the bargain and all the dark stuff around it and like you know all of that all right so my also my theory that kind of goes along with this is why what what is this magic because wanda casually name drops magic in this for the first time mm-hmm. she, said she threatens pietro if you don't you know act right while you're trick-or-treating with the kids i'll magic you into a uh, some kind of fish right so what is magic is defined by the mcu is, is a very good question i've been kind of working on this theory that while the infinity stones won't return as we saw them, that the kind of resident energies and all of that of those stones and the primordial energies, Wanda's one of the people who can still access that. And the other people who can play with those energies, that's what we're going to learn is like the MC mm-hmm. version of quote unquote magic is people who can harness even in small part, these primordial energies of like the infinity stones and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like more and more we see like hints that there are multiple Infinity Stones kind of at work, or at least the powers of them are very kind of similar. The Reality Stone seems to be coming more and more obvious. Um, her sudden ability just to increase the bubble makes me think like there's a Power Stone energy somewhere in here that she can just exponentially increase her power. You know, we've done some of the other breakdowns, but um, yeah, in some ways I think they're going to play up this whole idea from the comics of Wanda being this quote unquote Nexus being who and what that means across realities and dimensions and stuff that she is kind of like the key, the, the, you know, the keyhole to a lot of this stuff. What do you guys think? Jim, get deeply comic geeky on me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean, look, that's, that's the thing. The, the question always is, even in the comics is just how powerful is Wanda. And we've seen her at so many different levels of power that I like that it's still a question. Like just when you think, you know, oh, okay, maybe we're at a limit here or, or we've seen what you can do. Something happens that causes, you know, something else um, to, to do. And I, and I don't want to take away from the fact that like, you know, this, this, what I have loved about this show is it is sh- tackling like themes like grief and, and, and things like in, in a way that I don't think anyone kind of expected from, from Marvel or, or whatever. And so the, we, you bring up an interesting point with the infinity stones and, and like their latent energy or whatnot, because like, look, we, we know just with strange, right? Like his ability to, to harness the, the time stone and how uh, the, you know, they've, they've been watching over that one and what that, um, what the role of the time stone has with uh, the masters of the mystic arts with, uh, you know, in, on, on that front. And so um, it, 
you know what, what's that what's that saying like you know what's the 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 rule of uh energy right it can neither be created nor destroyed but it's transferred um, or transformed tra- mm-hmm. transferred or transformed and so i think that's uh what happened like at, the que- the only question i have that is like theoretically the stones have not been destroyed like they're back they've no, been they've replaced at- they've been atomized thanos couldn't destroy them so he just he basically crumbled them into their into atoms and spread them across and just threw them out in the universe somewhere. Right, and that's what I've been saying. Of, wasn't the whole point of Endgame to go back and get them and then put them back? Uh, I don't put them back in their in, in their, their proper time. Oh, okay. So so the events the of Infinity, Infinity yeah. War still happened. The yeah. stones are gone. They're not any okay. But they're right. not. But that's what Sorry. I keep saying. Like gone is an operative word. Right. They were they're not gone. physical stones anymore. No, they were gone from being physical stones to just yeah. being these kind of atomized energies across energy. the universe. And if there's one person I keep saying who can collect that energy or channel it, it's going to be Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think she and I think we even put out a story that said Wanda is the new Infinity Gauntlet. And I think in a way that's what we're seeing. She is the new big kind of mystical MacGuffin big power in the universe somehow. And I think we're going to figure out all of this as this go along. All right. Last thing before we move on from WandaVision, what are you guys betting? Cause BD has been out there putting this out there hard that Monica Rambo's mysterious aerospace engineer is going to be Reed Richards, John Krasinski. What do you guys think we're going to find? I don't want it. I don't want it. Wow. The Keep spice, it. the spice. I'm with Jim on that. I no, there are so we many other it. better options. You don't need Reed Richards to yes. be introduced if in WandaVision. He walks onto WandaVision for the first time, bringing Reed Richards into the MCU. People are going to lose their minds. People are going to lose their minds regardless right. of where Reed Richards shows up. And I don't think it serves the. I don't think he it serves the story. Something bigger. I don't think I, it serves. The, yeah. I don't think it serves WandaVision. I think it will be too much of a distraction. Black mm-hmm. Widow enters picture as a sexy secretary. I, I think we can. <laughs> there is no. But haven't we learned from those days? <laughs> but, like, but that's but like, but that's like, the thing. Yeah, you don't think... need epic entrances. Like you know, Charles' entrance was in a it was in a UN meeting. Like it wasn't like some epic thing. Like it, yeah. I don't care if they they put a a big name character there. I just don't think like having Reed Richards does nothing for for a lot of. Marvel, unless you're a just a you, unless you're just a, a big name hunter or you just like the Fantastic Four, what does Reed Richards bring to this story? <laughs> unless right. you just want to see a splashy name, which is great for the five seconds it lasts, and then it's like, oh, well, what does he bring to the story? Absolutely nothing. A terrible father and husband. There you go. <laughs> so like, no, I don't want him. I think I don't want there, him in there. There are no, there are another of of, uh, of other possibilities that aren't you know nearly as um, as uh, as you know attractive or sexy or whatnot, right? But I think totally normal fits for this stuff. I think include Hank Pym. I think they include uh, Rhodey. Uh, I think they. Um, you know, they look. Hank Pym makes total sense because Hank Pym was totally involved in the whole Vision Quest story, right? He was he was involved in helping rebuild Vision. I, but I don't know. Reed Richards to me feels no. Nobody's popping off for trending topics too on, much on Hank Pym. Come on, stop it. Well, stop. I mean, sh- I mean, no. But, like, but we already know we, we heard this is going to be a Luke Skywalker Mandalorian but I, level. But I think this is the yeah. thing that they're saying so that when Benedict Cumberbatch shows up, they're like, oh, there it is. Look, former Avenger. 
I mean, I'd be really pumped about that. <laughs> you cynical bastards. Do you think right. we'll get the Luke Skywalker reveal in this episode? Don't you think that's too like on the? I feel like we wouldn't get that big reveal. Oh, I don't think and- we'll get it. I don't think we'll get it this. We, I don't think we'll get it this week. We may. Get yeah. It. I, don't think, I don't think anybody like talking knows when we'll get it, how we'll get it, or yeah. where who we will be. That's what I think. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's keep moving on, and uh, we're going to talk some comics before we get out of here. Uh, first of all, somebody mentioned in the comments, so yes, let's address this really quick. It is exciting. We are getting new comic series set in the continuity of Batman 1989 and Superman 78, the movies, uh, the iconic movies that really define those characters coming into the 80s. So we're going to get a new comic series, uh, t- new comic series set in those continuities. That's I don't part really of that is that, that Quinones sketch where. <laughs> The one where it's the old school uh, Bruce Wayne with the red and black, like he had the black, like under armor. Oh, the I toy? That the, the, it was the toy? Yeah, yeah, I owned that figure and I was like, oh my God, the fact that it's like making its way into the comics is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, Dude, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. I, I'm more excited for the Batman '89 than I am for the Superman '74 or whatever. But hey, look, then the thing that gets me gets me excited is in the news they say like they have a plan to show what happens to Harvey Dent, and I want to see what Billy D. Williams's Two Face would have looked like oh, on a comic page. On a comic, sure, on a comic, but whatever. It's still in, it's in continuity. For the record, these are some of the people that had a problem with Zack Snyder's and Justice League just being a fan <laughs> sort of thing. No, I did not have a problem. I'm just ready. Okay, but we're gonna move on. So yeah, we're excited for that. That is a thing that's happening. We just wanted to kind of uh, talk to you guys, Matt. The take us through this. Batman eighty nine was good, and <laughs> we want to return to that world. Oh, <laughs> but hey, yeah, take us through this week's books. It's- Let's start on the Marvel side. Yes, yes. Uh, let's, let's, talk let's, talk, let's talk about sour nostalgia in this week's yeah. uh, comments. <laughs> yeah. That's a good place to start. X-Men Legends. Let's talk sour nostalgia. <laughs> oh, I think I froze. Oh, oh Mel looks like right. so We can talk- hear you loud and clear. Okay, yeah, well, cool. so anyway. It totally froze for me. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. So uh, moving into comics. Yeah, let's let's stay with marvel and let's go ahead and stay with king of black number four uh, i know this has been a big hit and uh this issue got got pretty crazy uh we oh by the way spoiler Ooh, and oh he's oh, gone. and he's gone <laughs> we do have spoilers <laughs> ahead so, spoilers ahead for uh for the comics king, black, black. Yeah. king, king of black king of black four this look this is an issue that did a lot, I think, you know, to, at least to me, to move the story uh, a bit more forward. Um, and I think it's it's an interesting one where Ryan Stegman is so on top of his game right now that, good golly, that book is just gorgeous. Uh, it just keeps getting better, this whole thing. Just better just and better and better. It, yeah. And and I think that's it. And like, look, this is a this is an instance where you've got two creator. You know, you have a whole creative team, right? Because it's not just the the writer and the artist. You have a whole creative team right. that are truly firing on all cylinders. I, you know, Ryan is doing a lot of heavy lifting with with showing the visuals, but you don't have those visuals obviously without uh, Donnie and uh, you know coming up with them and, and figuring out that. And so this is just it's it's a. a another good issue in a big event story that makes it feel like a, a, a big event. So I think you're underplaying uh, that Stegman is a huge part of this. Don't get me wrong. Cause Stegman oh. is great, but <laughs> Kate's does most of the heavy lifting here for me. It's, it's the, it's the whole like 
that opposite the fact that you and we got on the spoiler territory. So the fact that yeah. Captain Universe they like found a way to like really bring that like full circle and lay all that out for the to me the person who's not been like if if someone reads this book and doesn't necessarily understand that they still understand what it means to this particular story they don't have to have sure. all the captain universe backlog to understand that this opposite of null and like tying all that in i think is really that was really well Look, done donnie is well very done. ever do with captain universe yeah so. well it's, and, but that's what donnie does well right donnie is 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 great at kind of taking a um taking something turning it on its head and in just you know prov- you know giving us a different view or idea on how this could be and i think that's what donnie does that incredibly well yeah so i feel like that needs to be because the art is gorgeous and like but like the moment of like seeing surfer like have the light and goes oh like you don't you're not looking for me like there's so many cool things and hey a, a positive note for reed richards I like that sequence. There you go. <laughs> he doesn't get very many. He's like beast. He's a jerk almost all the time. But he got one. So good for him. Uh, what did everybody else uh, think of this issue? Doctor oh, Strange what? turns into Jason Momoa. <laughs> uh, that's all I can think about. I was very confused, but I liked it. I'm like, all right. He just got even hotter. Uh, that was my big <laughs> moment for me on this comic. I was so pumped when he turned into a quote unquote God, uh, and just really cool, really cool comic. I've had a couple people kind of approach me and say, Janelle, I, I listen to the podcast. I don't, I don't know where to start with comic books. I feel really like you, I feel like a noob, but I feel uncertain. How did you do it? I go, well, first of all, there are two things you read what's coming out. Uh, which is what Matt hands to me on a silver platter every week, thankfully. But then you just find a hero that you really like and you go with it. You jump in wherever you can and you roll with it. Doctor Strange is my is my favorite. So I started with Doctor Strange right now. I'm reading into Vision and any appearance of Doctor Strange in any other comic makes me very excited. Uh, once you find your favorite, you're just going to like freak out. And so that was my big moment in King and Black on top of it just being amazing. And I love the cliffhanger. Completely agree, by the way. You you find a character that you love and you just dive into them. Yeah. And they will typically open the doors to other characters that are kind of like them you will find a few that you love very quickly that would so love that Kofi yeah. i hate to be that guy but i think king and black is just kind of devolving into typical marvel crossover territory now mm. um i thought it was kind of unique and fun in the beginning this i don't hate what's happening here but it's just kind of like yeah you know it's like i said it's typical comic book I say, it, it's very much it's very much mid-chapter right and i think the really what'll what'll come down to is ken can they stick the landing? Like, what does this do for the future of the MCU or not MCU, the Marvel universe and, and what ripple effect will it have? Cause that to me is how I've always, you know, judged the uh, efficacy of, you know, of these big events is, you know, where does it put good word. the Marvel universe? At the end? <laughs> That's okay. That's a good word. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I must, I'm one of the, I, I really, I really actually dug this issue. Mostly, I think also too, what helped is that it's nice to have the X Men back into the fold of an event. Like 
Empire, yes, they were like a part of it, but it was kind of over here still, and all the Krakoa stuff was really dominating all their time. And here, it's kind of nice to have like Cyclops and Storm and the Marauders kind of on the fringe. So I actually enjoyed that. So let's move on to the other uh, X Men centric title uh, because X Men Legends is completely different from <laughs> this book. Uh, it dives back into essentially taking place uh, during kind of the cla- one of the many classic runs of the X Men and kind of sort of picks up where things left off but like they're getting to explore things that they didn't get to explore oh, and, like, man. Things. wow oh man yeah okay. so including first... the third summers brother okay um yeah. adam x wasn't cool in the 90s he looked like cool poochie on the, he looked like poochie on the simpsons like something <laughs> that creators tried to create to like <laughs> reflect 90s edge Backwards <laughs> dude like you know like and I I don't know. I just feel like this issue, if anything, is like it feels like I know they're being earnest and serious, but it feels like a parody of 90s Marvel comics. <laughs> it's just a thing that makes you realize how ridiculous it all was. That Havoc outfit was ridiculous. The leather <laughs> jacket and the head harness and the hair coming up. Like, it was all ridiculous. The artwork, I, I mean, I didn't enjoy. I don't like the throwback artwork. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, ton of it, dialogue. It makes it hard to read. Like going back to '90s comics is sometimes hard to do because. To be of, fair, like, though, that was '90s comics. It was a lot no, of dialogue was, no, they, and crazy yeah. designs. Yeah, no, they did a very good job of recreating '90s comics. As somebody who came into comics at that period, they did a great job of recreating it. But yeah. it just, like I said, it, it had a parody effect. It was like, man, I was really reading some ridiculous crap in the '90s. Like that's what it made me think. <laughs> And seeing this didn't make me feel any better. I mean, this just seems like the lamest mystery um, that is just going to get a lame answer that is not going to affect anything because obviously the fandom chose long ago to ignore this Adam X branch of the story. Uh, and yeah, I, I am the- not here for the Adam X rehabilitation project. Yeah. Like just and let, every- him, let him be a relic. That's That's all he is good for. And I think the comic is so funny and self-owns itself in the scenes where Adam X was always this ambitious mutant power they were trying to explore, but they could never really figure out what to do with. And this comic just sees him he building up blades. several times. <laughs> like several times he's like building up to use this epic power thing and, and it just completely craps out. Like it's just like, oh, I guess I'm not gonna electrocute their blood. <laughs> like it's like I'm like, yeah, that was a weird line. Shot. I was waiting for this money shot of the blood electrocution. It's just like, he can't even pull it off now. I'm like, dude, it's like, that was a what? Weird, that was like a very 30 years line. later and we're still waiting for this epic blood electrocution stuff. So I don't know, man. I don't, I think this is right up there with the kind of the black and white series. It's just like creator indulgence over fans, you know, service. Mm-hmm. It, it was very wordy and it was, it was hard to grasp as kind of like a new confusing are all right words to use on this <laughs> I have found that most of the X-Men comics that I've been j- trying to jump into are are very hard to get into because I don't know that world. I thought I did just from like the watching the cartoons as a kid and you know obviously like once or twice you know, watch throughs the movies, but it, the the comics have such a huge and entangled world of this X Men universe thing that I I feel very overwhelmed by the amount of information that's thrown at me. So they can I can tell that in this comic they tried to like be like oh the explanation for this is this and they, they tried to spell it out, but there is just so much to take in that 
it is hard for like a casual reader to just like jump right in. I am intrigued by Adam, but I don't know him. So I don't have any context whatsoever. And I think he seems like a hippie in on a farm and I love it. I think that's cool. Like he see, seems I think that like he's meditating. Yeah, yeah, I think it benefits you that you don't have the baggage yeah. that some of us others do. I think that's a good right. thing. And I actually think you're probably one who can really <laughs> actually what would be very interesting is at the end of this, like after the end of this kind of run. Yeah, I would be interested to see like what you think. Like, did it do you like that character? Did it work? Right. Because I don't think me, Kofi and Jim are going to be the ones to be able to really <laughs> judge that without bias. Um, yeah. I, I enjoyed this issue. I actually really like this. And I and I. But I like it for all the things like Kofi totally said. Like, all of that's true. Like, the costumes are ridiculous. The artwork is very 90s, even though I will defend yeah. 90s X-Men artwork to like, my dying day. Uh, like, like, all it. of that is very much that. But but I was in. I was like, look, I, I want to see what you come up with. Because, like, we already have a third Summers Brother. Like, this whole mystery started and ended. And then they gave us Gabriel, who is Vulcan, who is the third Summers Brother. And then they, like, left this to die, right? So, like... <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious to see what they do there, you know, how, cause all this happens in continuity. So that it's an, it's, I'm morbidly curious, but I will, I love that having costume. So that I will <laughs> I always defend that. There are just um, four of them. Corsair never stops screwing. And we find out there's infinite number of summers out there in the universe. <laughs> I mean, that would be the easiest way to do it. Oh, it's just a fourth. It's just a fifth. Like it's all done. Um, so yeah, so let's move from He's a bastard. <laughs> Marvel uh, to DC. And we're going to talk uh, Batman. Catwoman. Why his name is Adam X. He's a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk Batman Catwoman. Um, starting with, uh, you know, starting with Janelle. What did you think of the issue? Um, I'm still enjoying the story. Honestly, out of all of them, I kind of forgot this one the most. Like the story mm -hmm. didn't really stick with me after the original, the last um, book where we had Catwoman, elderly Cat Catwoman going to elderly Joker. Like I just, I didn't, I, I can't even really wrap my head around this next one. Like why, why is it needed? I guess just to introduce their daughter. Is that, is that why? I mean, uh, kind of yeah. essentially like, well, I'm, you know, there's, I'm, yeah, I mean, there's I, a it whole, was good. It, it wasn't was, terrible. I'm on the opposite. And this was my most interesting book this week. Wow. Um, I liked, I think this was the first book out of this Batman Catwoman series that begins to converge these three storylines in a kind mm -hmm. of pointed way that I actually feel like Tom King can stick the landing to this um, because what it essentially does the Helena Wayne, let's just say that was cool in and of itself, just to see Helena Wayne, you know, who's Helena Wayne, who's been this kind of halfway in, halfway out of continuity character for for since like the golden age, finally mm -hmm. kind of make her full continuity debut as as Batwoman after her father dies. That was cool. Um, I'm not going to get into the costume. Some people have a real problem with the costume. That's a smaller issue. What I thought was good is I now understand why there are three timelines and the kind of golden age Batman timeline makes a lot more sense because this has to do, it's almost like a weird three romantic triangle with Catwoman, And it's not romantic, but it's like her lawyer, her allegiance to Batman versus her allegiance to Joker. And they reveal that there, there has been both. She has been playing both sides for, for many years since the beginning. And this issue really brought it home about how deep she got into it with Joker in terms of keeping the secret 
um, from the early days, knowing what kind of psycho he was going to be, knowing what kind of horrible things he was going to do, and still having this deal with him on the side that she then now becomes a secret she has to kind of carry throughout life that she doesn't ever want Batman to find out. Um, that made it interesting, and it makes the drama across the timelines interesting. And so I thought this, this and the kind of future setting with seeing this cat and mouse game between Helena and, and Selena was very interesting. Just them at a dinner conversation, knowing that Helena kind of is on to her killing Joker, but is lying about it and is not telling her mother. And their relationship alone, I would watch, I would read a comic with just them in it after Bruce yeah. is dead because that was really interesting stuff. So I'm actually digging what Tom King is doing here because I, I like that this is a, that he's introduced Joker as kind of like, like I said, like almost like somebody Catwoman's not having an affair with, but like this yeah, fidelity to her relationship to Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Are we not talking about the costume? What's that? Are we not going to talk about the, the biggest <laughs> part can. about this comic? I said I wasn't going to get into it, but <laughs> if you want to go for it. I mean, it's just, I, I I guess we should explain what it is. Apparently, there's been a lot of controversy about uh, Helena. Is that, am I saying it right? No, about like, the costume. And um, and honestly, like, it's not that big of a deal to me, personally. Like, I was like, oh. It, I mean, I, I get what they're doing. They're doing the cat suit with, that. they're combining the two. But the only thing that really bothered me was just the belly button thing. It just like, no, why, why are you showing the belly button? <laughs> Uh, how did you guys feel about that? <laughs> no, that was weird. I think, look, I, uh, it's choice. Clay, Clay, Clay man can do some, some great stuff. I do feel like his stuff does feel a little too posed and I believe over time, uh, can be a bit over designed. Um, and I think this just is, is a result of that. And I mean, this is under designed. I mean, well, just, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, there's no pants, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but, uh, but I didn't have so much. I mean, like, here's the thing. I've seen a bunch of terrible costumes, uh, over the years in comics, some like this, where it feels like it, it I didn't, I wasn't even like offended. It was just more like, uh, it felt incomplete. You know, it felt yeah. like there was just something like it wasn't, it was just, wasn't a all the way thought out design, uh, for everything. But at the same time, like I, I understand, like it's a, it's a thing that happens, a lot in comics and so especially with you know women yeah and so yeah i mean i i totally understand why people were yeah. like not digging it and why people very quickly took to like adding pants and like adding these other things <laughs> and it's just uh i think it's just the way man drew it it just like came off as like some people looking like oh it looks like she's not wearing anything she clearly yeah. is from the tire jumpsuit but yeah but, yeah, but I get uh, it. Yeah, I, I always get weirded out by these conversations because it just seems like we pick and choose these things. Like, yeah. if there's a Huntress <laughs> costume and this is not, like, more, you know, risque or something to that, it just looked like Catwoman's old gray leotard costume yeah. with a Batman harness on top. With underneath. The yeah, belly button, right. I don't know, like, if you wanted to show she had such great abs that you could see her belly button. I don't think that's a real <laughs> anatomical feature of wearing yeah, skin tight no. suits, but... Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, um, it's just a weird show. It's just it a didn't bother choice. me. It didn't bother me. So I know we need to uh, to close out. So what I will say about Batman Catwoman is I, I kind of... I agree with both uh, Janelle and Kofi. I really enjoy the future stuff. I love seeing Helena who was an Earth 2 character, kind of, you know, seeing some of that explored in the main continuity, which is really cool. Um, and that back and forth with her mom, I love that. And I also, you know, agree, like, it feels like some of those timelines are starting to converge. I still feel like maybe we didn't need that third one, like we were kind of talking about last time. But 
I, I like where it's going. This wasn't my favorite issue of the series, but I still enjoyed it. Um, just real quick uh, to mention a couple of comics this week. I wanted to shout out Excellence is back. Number 10. Uh, it took a hiatus, but it is now back. So definitely, uh, if you've been waiting a few months uh, to get back on that train, definitely do so. Uh, and then the finale to We Live uh, came out. And I'm telling you, like, that is a series. That's five issues you should definitely check out if you are just even remotely into sci-fi. Uh, it's just a, a really cool issue. So uh, definitely check those out. But that's comics. All right. My quick mentions are some movies. Uh, like I said, I rewatched the Snyderverse stuff, Man of Steel, Batman, Superman Ultimate Edition. I think it's worth a rewatch before Justice League comes out uh, just to kind of see how the vision has aged over the years and when we're removed from all the Internet chatter and all that stuff. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is on HBO Max is one of their same day releases. That is excellent movie. Um, starring uh, Daniel Kalula and Lakeith Stanfield um, about Fred Hampton, the Black Panthers. That's a great one. I finally sat down because in all my award season coverage, me and Charlie are on a awards group here in Nashville. And, uh, you know, we have to see all these kind of awards movies. I never watched Palm Springs on Hulu with uh, Andy Samberg. Mm. Uh, that's a great movie. Go check wow. that out. Ooh, Palm yeah, Springs is really great. Okay. It's a kind of it's basically Groundhog's Day with a romantic comedy angle to it but it's actually really well done andy sandberg's really good and the girl from how i met your mother i forget her name is who played the mother in the end is uh is the female lead in oh, there nice. it's really good um yeah. so check that out. and also as you saw may have saw on twitter i trashed the promise neverland anime um i don't know what that series did this is very esoteric inside baseball so what i'm gonna say is that anime is trash they trash the <laughs> manga i don't ever support that anime anymore and yeah don't watch it all oh. right that'll be it for me uh, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. As always, new episodes go live on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern time. If you missed a live show, you can watch on YouTube or you can watch or listen or watch on comicbook.com when we post this episode later today. If you want to follow the show, be sure to follow us at the Comic Book Nation Twitter account or subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can even tell your smart home devices to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast, and it'll start playing for you. If you want to talk to us individually, as if you're watching, you can see our, our uh, names here in our Twitter handles. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler. And I am at Jim Viscardi. Boom, right there. Oh, I got the finger point perfect. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this episode. As I said, if you are enjoying these, be sure to subscribe to our whole podcast universe. We have a wild Pokemon has appeared on Mondays for our Pokemon podcast. Comic Book Nation on Wednesdays here to give you that deep cut geek news. And for all the big events going on in Marvel and blockbuster movies, be sure to check out that Phase Zero podcast on Friday. we got a whole universe for you guys. Otherwise, we want to thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Peace. See you. Bye, guys.